Hey, leader, and welcome to episode number 316 of the L3 Leadership Podcast, where we are obsessed with helping you grow to your maximum potential and to maximize the impact of your leadership. My name is Doug Smith, and I am your host, and today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Baritone Advisors. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope that you'll enjoy our content and become a subscriber. Know that you can also watch all of our episodes over on our YouTube channel, so make sure you're subscribed there as well. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, thank you so much. And if it's made an impact on your life, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really does help us to grow our audience and reach more leaders, which is our whole goal here at L3 Leadership. And in fact, I want to actually highlight one of the recent reviews. This was from Allison BTN. She said this, I love Doug's unrelenting quest to meet the best guests possible. Listening to the L3 Leadership Podcast with Doug Smith is uplifting. His curiosity to discover qualities of the best leaders never disappoints, and I am always left with ideas to better my life. Doug has a relatable style that makes me feel as if I'm invited to a private conversation with some of the leading voices in America today. Thank you, Doug, for your continued programming. You're welcome, Allison, and thank you for the review. Well, I could not be more excited about today's podcast, and if you know me, I get excited about pretty much every episode of the podcast, but today I am more excited than I've ever been probably in L3 podcast history because you're going to hear a talk that my wife, Laura Smith, gave at our L3 One Day Leadership Conference entitled, Stay in the Arena. And this talk hit home with pretty much every leader in attendance. I still am having leaders come up to me saying, your wife's talk blew me away. It was my favorite talk of the conference. It impacted me and my team the most, and everyone needs to hear this. And I couldn't agree more. And so that's why we're sharing it here on the podcast and on YouTube. And I'm just so proud of my wife, and I'm so excited for her to get to pour into your life today through this talk. And again, her talk is entitled, Stay in the Arena. And I don't think there's a more timely message for leaders in today's culture than this. And so you're going to love this so much. But before we get into Lars' talk, just a few announcements. This episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Baritung Advisors. The financial advisors at Baritung Advisors help educate and empower clients to make informed financial decisions. You can find out how Baritung Advisors can help you develop a customized financial plan for your financial future by visiting their website at baritungadvisors.com. That's B-E-R-A-T-U-N-G advisors.com. Security and investment products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Baritone Advisors, LPL Financial, and L3 Leadership are separate entities. I also want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They're a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. And my wife, Laura, and I got our engagement and wedding rings through Henny Jewelers and had an incredible experience. And not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people. In fact, for every couple that comes into their store engaged, they give them a book to help them prepare for marriage, which is so important. And we just love that. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out hennyjewelers.com. And with all of that being said, let's dive right in. Here's my wife, Laura Smith's talk called Stay in the Arena. Enjoy. Well, for those that don't know me, I'm Laura. Um, I'm married to Doug, as you guys know. We've got three kids. I think there's a picture of our family uh, up here. We've got um, Olivia's five. Sophia's our comedian. She's three. And we just had Caleb. He's one. So life is full, and it's a blast. Um, I currently work as the VP of sales uh, in our North America team uh, for manufacturing for a tech company. Uh, tech company is called Evalua. It's a supply chain and procurement solution for Fortune 500 companies. And um, fresh out of college, I'm going to talk to you today about staying in the arena. Um, but fresh out of college, I, I graduated from Carnegie Mellon University, and I joined a tech startup in Pittsburgh. 
And I had this vision of what it would be like. It actually looked like this in my head. Uh, some slides, maybe some nap pods, things hanging from the ceiling. Uh, but this is actually what it was like. We were, uh, we were uh, building the car and fixing the car as we were driving it. And that's actually more glamorous than it actually was. But the company had a lot of issues. Um, we're not going to go into all of those, but I was fresh out of college and I was full of excitement, creativity, ideas, ready to fix problems. And for five very long and very painful years, I was in customer support and inside sales. And what that meant is I answered a lot of phones and uh, I fixed bug problems and found workarounds, uh, wrote training manuals, did demos, <laughs> got coffee, um, did about 50 to 60 cold calls a day that 99% of the time just got hangups. And you know, those were five very hard, long years. So I moved into outside sales. And I loved it. But there was just one problem. I didn't sell anything. Uh, for two whole years, didn't sell a thing. Not one thing. Um, and you know, those two years, I practiced my pitch. I uh, learned all the sales methodologies you could think of, uh, implemented all the sales methodologies you can think of. But you know, we had a great product, and, a, and the customers loved us. But we were always number two, because we were small company, risky. Um, the deals I did close, I think we lost money on them. Uh, so it took about six years, and they, six years had gone by. Most of my, my colleagues who I had graduated Carnegie Mellon with were VPs at companies making a lot of money, and I just wanted someone to call me back. And all I wanted to do was quit. And I looked around me, and that's just what my colleagues started doing. <laughs> Left and right, my colleagues just started quitting. And one of my favorite uh, employees I worked with, his last day at the company, he said, save yourself, Smith. It's a sinking ship. And he, and he walked out. And I so just wanted to leave with him and just throw it all down and say, I'm coming, wait. But for some reason, I just couldn't leave. I felt like my job wasn't done. There's something else I needed to learn. So one day, I got a phone call from a grad student. And they said they had a client that was interested in buying our software. And I said, great, you know, who's your client? He wouldn't tell me. So I said, okay, I think this is your project for your grad student class, and I'll help you. That's fine. I'm not too far out of college. You know, what do you need me to do? He said, do these demos. Give me this pricing. I need these proposals done. So I said, okay. I was so tempted to blow them off. But I said, no, I'll help you. You'll get an A. Don't worry. So I did all the work for him, and I said, okay, hope you get an A. Talk to you later. Never talk to him again. A few months go by, and my phone rings again. And this time, the, the guy on the phone says, I'm from Google. And I said, oh, we don't, need, we don't have Google products. You know, we don't need tech support. I don't want Gmail. Thanks. He said, wait, 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 wait. Don't go. I'm not from tech support. I'm actually from leadership. And um, we solicited a university to do some uh, vetting of solutions, software solutions. And you submitted something uh, not too long ago, maybe a few, few months ago. Really liked what we saw. And we want you to come out to Mountain View, California, on our headquarters to demonstrate your software to our entire team. There's about three minutes of dead silence on the phone. Uh, and the first thought that I had was, thank God I didn't kick that grad student to the, the curb. And the second thought that, that came to my mind was, I've been practicing this for six years for this moment. And see, I was convinced for six years of failed demos and hang-ups and horrible, dem horrible calls, failed pitches, doors slamming, all of those lost opportunities 
And those years of learning and tweaking and practicing and working and refining and all of that was for that moment. So we flew to Mountain View, California. Our team wasn't a very large team. And we, we get checked in. We start walking the hall to the conference room. And I realize there's more people that are cleaning the bathroom and stocking toilet paper than our entire company. And should I sell our software or just maybe sell our company? Who knows? I stuck to the software. But you know, we went in that room, and we had our meeting, and we killed it. We gave it everything we had. We had nothing to lose. And nine months later, the deal closed. We convinced them. And I closed the biggest deal in our company's history with the most iconic brand I could have ever imagined. And it wasn't long after that our company was, was bought by Evalua, where I work now. And as I look back on that experience, do you want to know what I'm most proud of? It wasn't that I closed a, a deal with Google. It's that I saw the job through to the very end. And I was, I was there when we closed the books on the company, the very last day of our company. I was there. And I felt like I'd crossed the finish line. See, until you've had the taste of finishing something, I don't know if you'll ever really respect yourself. You know, until you follow through to the very end, come hell or high water, you know, tears of struggle and pain, and you keep going and you don't give up, I believe your character's never fully developed. There's always a huge crowd in the beginning. If you go to the next slide, I don't know if you've ever run the Pittsburgh Marathon. There's tons of people that start out, jobs and careers, full of aspirations. They start new roles. New seasons, new endeavors, so excited, full of, full of ideas and creativity. But too many leaders at the end, they just they don't make it to their finish line. They become weary, they burn out, the arena gets really hard, the journey gets long, and, and here's the danger in that. When you become weary, you lose your passion. When you lose your passion, you question your purpose, and when you question your purpose, you give up too early. And leaders are tapping out too early. And I want to challenge you that I believe the greatest challenge that leaders face today isn't stepping into the arena, it's staying there. You know, we all focus all our efforts on this outward qualities that it takes to be a leader and very little effort on being inwardly equipped to survive the leadership arena and stay in the arena. You know, when I, when I started out as a sales rep, and I moved to a leadership role, there were certainly outward qualities that I need to develop. I need to learn how to delegate, set vision, hire and fire, learn how to communicate. Those were all outward things that were really important. But what I found is there's inward skills that are just as important, if not more important, in your leadership development that often go overlooked. That if we don't acquire them, we'll never survive leadership. We'll never stay in the arena. Things like grit and passion, and perseverance, and courage, and wisdom, character development. Those things aren't built overnight. And in fact, they're only built when you go through the valley, when you go through something hard, and you go through adversity and, and difficulty, and you keep going. If you go to the next slide, most leaders I know, they all want, they even come to expect that life is just up and to the right. Sorry, move past that one. Thanks. Up and to the right. We all want the happy path, right? Um, but the reality is, it's a roller coaster ride. <laughs> and if you look at the bottom left, you've got to go over boulder, boulders. You've got to navigate dark forests and overcome fears of heights or swim through oceans. Right? There's, a, there's an arena full of blood, sweat, and tears often. And outward skills will only get you so far. I believe that talent and performance gets you a seat at the table, but character keeps you there. 
And it's so easy for us in the social media world, if you go to the next slide, to just see surfacey things. We look outside in the surface, and we just see the success of leadership and leaders everywhere. And we aspire to want that position and that greatness. But we, there's a real price tag to pay. You don't see what's underneath the iceberg. And my question is, are you willing to pay that price? Leadership's really hard. You know, I recently changed the way I started hiring candidates. And before, I used to say, you know, did you hit your quota and what's your performance and your attainment like? And I've totally shifted my mindset, and I only hire for one main thing. It's grit. If you go to the next slide, you know, grit is passion and purpose for very long-term goals. Sticking with a goal day in and day out and week after week and month after month. I think we overestimate what we think we can do in a year, and we underestimate what we can do in five or ten years. And as I sit through some of these interviews, it comes really evident that nothing really impressive gets done in less than two years. And I, I interview a lot of candidates, and they job hop from one to two, one to two years, every one to two years. And I'm finding that just not, they're not doing very impressive things. But when I interview a candidate that's been there for five years, which isn't that much longer than two, they're much drastically more impressive. You know, our country is facing what are calling the great resignation, right? The great quit, or the big quit, or the great reshuffle. And if you haven't heard of that, it's essentially a mass exodus of employees where, starting last year, about four and a half million people were quitting their jobs every single month, which is a 20-year high, right? And then the top two reasons that people are quitting jobs, more money and flexibility. And in my mind, those are short-term gains. Right? The number one reason why sales reps often quit their jobs is there's no path to success. And what I often say in response to that is, create one. You know, I hear it all the time, I'm quitting because it's a toxic culture. Help change it. I don't like my boss. Have you talked to them? I'm burning out. Have you created boundaries? Right? I think that we as leaders can't be just run from opposition. The answer isn't a new environment. It's not a new comp plan, a new title. The answer is often a new you. And as leaders, we need to raise our threshold of pain. How high is your pain tolerance? Leadership is pain, and the amount of pain you're able to endure really sets the limit of your effectiveness. More pain, often the more effective you are. If it's not painful, you're either riding a high, which is short-lived in your leadership journey, you're either not making a difference or you're not risking enough. You know, leadership pain is not specific to a company. I think sometimes we think it's just my, just my organization. We're just, we're just messed up. The grass is greener. But it's not. It's everywhere, right? We all have to deal with conflict, unmotivated people, financial strains, pressure, criticism, toxic cultures, gossip, pressure, hard conversations, hiring, firing, dealing with change. All of that is hard. The answer isn't a new environment. Often it's just developing some courage, getting some wisdom, building resilience, working through the conflict, developing your inward qualities and character traits that are often overlooked when we think of leadership and we think of skills. So my encouragement is don't run from pain. It's often the greatest leadership development tool that the world has ever created. And avoiding problems and avoiding pain is often avoiding growth. Now, I believe that the greatest qualification of a leader isn't giftedness. The greatest qualification of a leader is proven character. 
And proven character is only built through difficulty and, and conflict and dealing with conflict. And once you've gone through that, your leadership ability on the other side of that is so much more authentic. It's so much more attractive and credible. We need more leaders who have actually gone through, who've stuck through things, who have worked through pain, who've been sifted and refined and made it to their finish line. So how do you actually do that? How do you stay in the arena? Quick points here, but the number one thing is just get a big, big goal. You know, something that takes you years to accomplish, not something that can be done tomorrow or next week or next month or even this year, but something worth building your life for. You know, I think that the majority of leaders that quit often don't have goals. They don't have a big goal. Long-term goals keep you from being discouraged when you get just these short-term setbacks. So build something worth living for. The second thing is get community. For me, this is the first year where I got an executive coach. I'll never not have an executive coach. That was so meaningful to me. I also have mentors. I also am a part of two mastermind groups. I have real friends and real family that remind me to stay in the arena. They remind me what I'm called to, what my purpose is, why I started, where I'm going. Anytime I need to rem- reminded of why I'm doing what I'm doing, I call them up. You know, they're, they're, when I have to make fast decisions and big decisions with little information and uncertainty, I go to my community. So build your community. My friend and I always joke that you know, one of us can only be pregnant at one time, so we pull the other one off the edge <laughs> to, see, to save each other from the cliff. But get community. The third thing is get, get a rest rhythm. You know, one of the main roles in leadership is to produce. We're paid to produce. I'm paid to bring in $5 million this year in, in revenue. But if our inputs don't match our outputs, we're in the red. So as much as you want to output and get results, if you're not putting in enough rest or things that fill you up, you're on the road to burnout and crisis. And burnout's a pandemic. We've talked about this. It's a pandemic. It's, it's epidemic in all of our leadership. It's people are quitting left and right because of it. And often they blame the company. And granted, there's things we can do as organizations to help our employees with burnout. But there's something you can do today. Set a boundary. Turn it off. Let it go. Your work will always be there. Your team will figure it out. Delegate. We need, we need you operating at your best. We need you in the arena for the long term. So find a rhythm of rest. That's been really helpful for Doug and I. And the last one is get help. What I mean by that is three things. Upward with your boss. Ask for more resources. Ask big from your boss. Ask for shuffling priorities or adjusting timelines. You know, my boss said to me last year, and this, this stuck with me, he said, Laura, we demand a lot from you. Demand a lot from the company. I don't hear from you. You're, you're not tell, coming to me with any challenges or resources or support that you need. We demand a lot from you. We expect you're going to deliver. If I don't hear from you, I don't know how I can help you. And that gave me the boldness to say, I should demand a lot from my company. I have a big role. I'm not demanding enough. I need to go in and ask for more support and more help. Another way to get help is laterally with peers. Join groups, cohorts. I joined two cohorts with sales leadership um, from different companies where we're all sales leaders and we talk about common challenges that we have and we share ideas of how to solve problems. And lastly is down, downward with your team. You know, ask for help from your team. You know, what are some blind spots in the organization that you can't see in your role? 
Ask them to help with you with trade-offs or help you to remove barriers and, and roadblocks. Know when to call in for help. Know when to call in the Calvary and ask for help. And tapping into help can help you stay in the arena. The last thing I'll say is this. You know, the environment in which we live and work is this incredible city of Pittsburgh. And at one point in time, it was, obviously, you know this, the number one steel um, capital of the world. And steel, if you think about steel, it's one of the strongest metals in, on earth. And it can withstand pressure and tension and unlike any other metal. And it's no coincidence that I feel the men and women that made Pittsburgh what it is was much like steel. You know, they worked hard. They were full of passion and grit. They withstood all these kinds of conditions and they made Pittsburgh what it is today. And I really believe that we're a part of that fabric. It's in our DNA. It's in our sports teams. It's in our community and our families, work, in our workplaces. We're known for a city of grit. Let's be known for leaders that make it to our finish line. And the baton is in our hands. And just like the, the quote says, it's not the critic that counts. The credit belongs to the one who's in the arena, and I believe the one that stays in the arena. Thank you. Well, hey, leader, thank you so much for listening to Lars' talk called Stay in the Arena. I hope that it'll challenge you to stay where you're at and make a difference. I know that it challenged me. And you can get links to everything that Laura mentioned in her talk at l3leadership.org forward slash 316. And leader, as always, I want to challenge you that if you really want to 10x your growth this year, then you need to either launch or join an L3 Leadership Mastermind Group. Mastermind groups have been the greatest source of growth in my life over the last seven years. And if you're unfamiliar with what they are, they are just groups of six to 12 leaders that meet together on a consistent basis for at least one year in order to help each other grow, go after their goals together, and to do life together. So if you're interested in learning more, go to l3leadership.org forward slash masterminds. And leader, as always, I like to end every episode with a quote. I'll quote Bob Goff today. Bob said this. He said, figure out what you'd give your life for. And then you'll know what to give your time to. So good. Figure out what you'd give your life for. And then you'll know what to give your time to. Well, leader, I hope this episode encouraged you. Know that Laura and I love you. We believe in you. And hey, keep leading. Don't quit. The world needs desperately your leadership. We'll talk to you next episode.